What's happening, my friends? Dr. Drill at the Making Motivation Podcast. Today is the 18th of January, 2021. As I pull out of my office. After a, a busy, productive, rewarding day. All the same stuff. When I showed up after lunch pulled into the lot. I was There was a new patient on the schedule. I had about less than 10 minutes until showtime. See a little red car. My, my friend in there. I said, oh, it looks like her car. Or I see a little SUV. Sure enough, it's my friend Terry, who is a great person who I haven't seen in a while um, professionally, but I uh, I take care of her. And I keep in touch as best I possibly can. I love the person. She's a great human being. She's a dear friend. We've got a lot of wonderful times that we shared. So she's off today for Martin Luther King holiday. And there she is in the lot with a cup of coffee that she was giving me. And so... uh, she dropped off. I thought that was very nice for a friend to to do that, you know, what a kind gesture. And I've done that for her, too. She works at the post office in, uh, not too far from campus where I, I teach part-time, and so I would stop in that post office and drop off a cup of joe for her. At least once I did that. Um, so... We go back quite a few years, and she's a good friend, and that was that really cheered me up. It was wonderful. I didn't need too much cheering up, but I, I started the day on Monday feeling a little anxious and just, you know, ready to start another busy week. And, of course, we have all this <clears throat> political and uh, viral crap going on that can't help but have on, on our minds, which... And it's been the subject of a lot of my my um, philosophical ramblings on the podcast for the for months. It seems like months. It's just it's something to talk about. Let's give them something to talk about. How about love? How about love? Instead of all this crap. So uh, I try to keep things as positive as possible and report things as I see them. Which has been—it's important to—I uh, feel like it's important for me to discuss all this stuff because it is a lens into our world. And looking back on this stuff, I don't want to sugarcoat shit. I want to tackle these issues as I see them and as I encounter them. And 2020 was obviously a shitstorm of a year. So please pardon me if there was not a lot of overwhelmingly positive things that I spoke about. I feel that way anyway, like a um, justification is in order because I don't like to be angry Aaron, you know? I don't like to be a motivator, make motivation, you know? So so anyway, that was nice and kind to my friend Terry to give me a little coffee, start my afternoon well, I was telling her I love her and I miss her and we're reminiscing as a new patient walked into the front, I told her I loved her too. This is after 
there was a, a post made on Facebook today that uh, said, and I quote, Many will understand, others will never know what they missed out on. And it's an image of Dr. Drill dog tags and with a silencer, as well as a uh, DDIP <clears throat> car magnet. So, as many of our listeners appreciate, I am Dr. Drill. That's why this is called Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast. And that is my forte, that is my specialty, is organizing and motivating large groups in exercise. I've done that with hundreds of participants and thousands of of, uh, physical training hours here in eastern Pennsylvania. I did it in Buffalo, New York. I did it in Seneca Falls, uh, New York. I've done it all over the the East Coast doing school assemblies. I've been to nursing homes and assisted living facilities and retirement villages and everything in between corporate settings, uh, team buildings. And I've loved every bit of it. I mean, a decade, of, more than a decade, but certainly a good, solid decade of kicking ass and taking names with DDIP. Uh, still have it on the website, a large presence about Dr. Drill and some of the videos and stuff and footage from back in the day and images that I recall like it was yesterday. And so it was a very special thing. And not because I devised it, not because it was my brainstorm, um, but for the people that assembled and that caught the idea and that made good on it by working their asses off, literally in many cases, and spreading the love. It was an extremely positive course. We were a gang for good and still are. And many of our participants are now in their 50s and 60s and 70s. <clears throat> and I'm in my, my mid, going on late 40s. So, it was an extremely special thing, and it was, when I'm dead and gone, people will remember Dr. Drill and the impact that we had. We'll be talking about it for decades to come, so very, very special. So, the individual who posted this is my friend Joe. He was one of our participants, and he turned an instructor. We actually, he was such an awesome participant lost a ton of weight, uh, loved the program, uh, was part of it for many years, and then we promoted him to instructor, and then, you know, we paid him to be part of it, so he was that good and that special of a guy to be promoted from within. He was among about 10 instructors that I've had over the years, and just a great guy. I haven't heard a whole lot from him lately, but I'm glad to hear from him in any capacity, and I appreciate the shout-out. It activated a lot of people on social media who saw his post and said, I remember, you know, we need to get back together. We, you know, 
DDIP and let's go drill and all this stuff. And it seemed like an appropriate post, an important notion, given that right now people are at are at each other's throats in our society, finding all the differences where there are important similarities, important commonalities, things that we have that are at stake should we fuck up and fight each other and burn cities down and shoot everybody up with our Second Amendment rights, right? Should there be another civil war? And so I said this in response. I said the special ingredients in that exercise program, quote-unquote, were the deliberate efforts and goodwill of hundreds of individuals who were unlikely to ever meet, let alone get along. Everyone keep that in mind during these troubled times. The magic comes from within. It's love. DDIP could reunite tomorrow. Never discount that. But the big idea always was that the spark resides within each of us. So remember the adventures we had and believe that we can put the same stuff to work in our lives each and every day. We can and we do. So the program, like I said, it was fucking awesome. It connected people that never would have met and it united people that you know, nobody talked about politics, nobody talked about religion, nobody talked about controversy. It was how many, what kind of, what's our workout going to be today? And it, and how much more challenging is it going to be than life? You know, like, you know, Rocky said, no one's going to hit you harder than life, right? So you need to get tough, you need to get resilient. You need to be willing to fight back, you know, to stand, to stay standing after you've absorbed a shitload of blows. And to fight on, to slug it out. Figuratively fight, you know, you ain't got to kill each other. We ain't got to slug it out with anybody in the ring. We need to slug it out with life and put points on the board for the good guys and gals. And so that's what DDIP always was. It was a very magical... I mean, you, if watching it or having been a part of it... Jeez, I just think about my military service and I think, wow. I feel so strongly about my service. I feel almost like... I don't know. Not like I was some kind of hero or whatever. But those times, they were so... I remember them so vividly. And I think about DDIP the same way. With each year that goes by that we're no, no longer training together. I remember all these people. I remember all the occasions and all the things that we did. And maybe times were a little bit better at this juncture. But, you know, there certainly wasn't all this political strife and all that stuff. But there were problems. People had struggles. But we still got together. We still trained we looked out for one another. It made people friends. It got people employed. It 
um, put food in mouths. We would we would do uh, charity food runs and and support various charities. The SPCA. We'd support one another. So stuff like that is alive, remains functional in churches, service organizations, and classrooms, and yes, workout programs, and stuff like that exists still. It's out there. There's good in the world. There's a lot of good in the United States of America. We have to understand that. We have to think about these positives whenever we look at, you know, what's going on with this Republican or this Democrat or the big tech or, um, you know, big business or big pharma or whatever fucking crazy, powerful, conspiracy theory-driven shit that's out there. There's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad. And I believe that both of those entities reside within each of us. DDIP was something that there was mostly positive, overwhelmingly positive. We did unbelievable, crazy, physically challenging, mentally stimulating shit. It was like a drug. euphoric, positive, helpful. I feel like it was a, there was a, it was, it embodied goodness. And obviously a bunch of people agree and remember it well and are thinking about it perhaps because of all the division that is out there in society. So shout out to all DDIPers. I threw a little carrot out there saying that, look, there's a possibility. There's always a potential that we could get back together, get the team back together. We might be senior citizens fucking pushing walkers around. But we can still function. We can still exercise and and motivate and be part of something bigger than ourselves. People really want that. And if it doesn't come from our government, it's got to come from us. Of course. So, very important. Uh, just some other positives that I took notice of um, today and over the weekend. I woke this morning and I saw a news article talking about how Tom Brady and Drew Brees, a picture of them hugging hugging it out on the football field after the game was over and the uh, Brady's uh, Tampa Bay Bucks had won over the New, England, New Orleans Saints. Saints. And these guys are hugging it out. Breeze is going to retire after, you know, a couple decades of doing, of being a quarterback, mostly for the Saints. They've been playing each other since college, sometimes winning and sometimes losing, and now they're hugging. And uh, Drew Breeze's kids were out there on the field. Tom Brady apparently threw a touchdown to them. And so these two rivals, yes, they're playing a game, but... I'm sure there are times that they hated each other and resented each other and, you know, bought the grief for the lies or whatever their decisions, questioned the decisions they made. But at the end of the day, they're both athletes. They're both a kind of warrior. 
and they both want to win, and they both respect sportsmanship and fair play and all that, and they're hugging each other, these two guys who might have been at odds, you know, think about, it makes me think of some former, uh, some veteran, some perhaps army vet who, you know, stranger things have happened than vets missing the battlefield. You know, books have been written and pieces have been written. Stories have been told about two soldiers fighting it out on the battlefield, and uh, after the ba- after all the battle, the battle had been fought, and whoever the victor was among the you know the dead and dying were two soldiers, and they encounter one another, and they're fucking tired, and they're injured, and they see your their, their humanity. They're reminded of their humanity. And there's been enough bloodshed and enough hate. And so they help each other. And they become friends. Or battlefield commanders uh, reflecting upon, you know, this war or this whatever happened. And and re- respecting the, the fight for what it was and the commanders. Like he often is depicted Patton and Rommel. Right? Rommel's the German, I believe. Uh tank commander, and then there's George Patton who was out there, and they're out there on the battlefield strategizing and doing all their shit. They hated each other, but they respected each other on some level. Right? All serious foes, competitive foes, people who hate each other under some circumstances can love one another. And that is a... I'm not saying it's uniquely human... But we have this this power. We have the power of higher thought and reflection that maybe you won't find in a lot of other animals. Mercy. And we've seen things. I just saw a video today of a, a cat playing with a fish out of the fishbowl and a dog comes over, a golden retriever, and grabs it gently and puts the goldfish back in the bowl some sort of mercy or the or the uh, a bird that was that fell into the water at a zoo and a, a gorilla goes over with a and grabs it and pulls it out of the water and rescues it lets it fly away or whatever I mean there's mercy there's acts of mercy and and humanity or some sort of mer- yeah mercy I guess we can call it that occur um, out there throughout the animal kingdom throughout the world. But just look at these things. Look at the good things that occur. Look at somebody who cares enough on their day off to stop by and bring their doctor a cup of coffee. Or somebody who reaches out and cares about how you're doing. You know, cares about the things that are going on in your life. Enough to ask how you're doing and how they can help. Think about the people, the smiling faces, or the, the people. I had somebody tell me uh, this afternoon, reflecting upon uh, a, a song came on, and she goes, "I remember this wonderful, beautiful nurse um, who comes in weekly. Such a sweet heart, such a ray of sunshine. Her daughter and daughter's boyfriend have COVID, and they've been really sick, and they're feeling better, and that's been weighing on her mind. And her mother's old, and." You know, 
trying to keep her unscathed from the virus, and she's delivering babies out there in the hospital, and just such a sweet, positive woman, and she said, oh, this song, it was like a, a, love, a 60s love song, so this song, I remember driving in a, uh, this, my friend Lizelle uh, in the 80s, and we're playing, blaring this song, driving down to Schuylkill, you know, flying, you know, 100 miles per hour, and we got to Philly, uh, Lizelle had to take a piss, so we pulled over and she ducked behind a tractor trailer and relieved herself, and just something that, it, that uh, a song that carries that story along with it, funny, crazy story of our youth, of better times, So rather than turning the channel to some news crap or some inflammatory stuff about Democrats or Republicans or Trump or Biden, focus on what you can control. Turn your attention to something that reminds you of better days, that gives you hope. Maybe it is somebody you used to know, somebody that could use a helping hand right now. A song that you used to listen to with your buddies and conjures up reflections of beautiful sunny or spring days, palling around, rocking out to your favorite tunes when you didn't have a care in the world or your your school days or your um, college years or sometime in your life, your military days, what you remember, man, that was friggin' awesome. And thankfully, human beings, we screen our memories so that the, the, the negative things about those occasions are, tend to be blocked out, overwhelmed by the positive, you know. And so, the memories are largely good if, it's, if there was anything, you know, worth remembering. Either really good or, memories are really either right, really good or really bad, right? I remember that day. That was tragic. That was terrible. I remember the day that the, you know, jets hit the twin towers. Where I know where I was. I was in whatever. Or I remember when I was speeding down to Schuylkill with a car full of convertible car full of girls, their hair blowing, jamming out to this song, and my friend pissing behind a tractor trailer. Funny, memorable, positive. Or DDIP. I heard these dog tags. They mean something to me. This was something I was part. I was part of that. I was proud to be part of. It helped me and it helped other people and it was good for the world. It was good for our community. I remember it well. I mean, that's phenomenal. This is sort of shit. You know, I tell myself, I'm going to turn my attention. I don't want to put my head in the sand. And so that's why, as I mentioned earlier, I talk about some of the things that are current events, you know, because they these things color our world. These current events, you know, we can't steer away from. We can't, I wouldn't want to steer away or, or put a, turn a blind eye to things that are 
that are happening in our world is you need to be informed. So it was important for me to talk about some of those things, but gosh, think about all the beauty in the world. Think about your family, your loved ones, the people that care for you and that you care for them. And the positive things unsaid about, or the gestures undone, that have yet to be done. That, you know, there are actions that we need to take. The world needs us. The world needs us. It depends upon us. There's a story, chapters that need to be written. You can't stop now. You can't end it all, freaking kill yourself or something like that, or wake up and just not wake up. You can't drop into a deep depression. And just, you know, say, fuck it, give up. That's not your style. That's not who we are. Not as human beings, not as Americans. We do need to fight for things. Above and beyond all else, we need to fight for ourselves. Fight to get our chapters written. And to maximize on every day. Every day. And like I said, you know, there's drama every day. You wake up and shit happens, you know. There's some zany shit that goes on. I put on my music, my soundtrack. I start working with people, helping them, getting to know them, making them feel better, listening to them, making them uh, function better, improving their mobility, leaving them with a smile on their face as they walk out of the office best fucking thing I could ever do. It's what I have to work with. To put smile on faces and fire under the asses of the masses. And so dare yourself not to see the world through rose-colored glasses. Not to necessarily be uh, artificially half-full, half-empty person. You know, you don't have to take a side. But you just need to find, you need to make a, you need to gamify the finding of the beauty in this world. How to get, how to get your win for the day. You know, Drew Brees, I'm sure he would have loved to, to win that game yesterday. For his last game ever as a professional football player and quarterback and I'm sure you would have loved to won to have won. I don't. I doubt that he had any fucking malice or resentment towards Tom Brady. Tom don't give a fuck either. And I'll say something about Tom Brady in closing. Guy gets a shit deal. I know that you know haters just want to hate sometimes. He's among the most winning football players ever, quarterbacks especially. He's a special guy. People don't like that, that he wins so predictably, that he's he's got the game figured out. He won so convincingly so many times that people think that there must be some cheating involved, you know what I mean? It's like that sometimes. And, hey, he's not perfect. He might have fucked up. The Deflategate thing, he might have done that. Who knows? Uh, my wife called him smarmy. He, he, there's something about him. Look, he's a handsome devil. He's athletically gifted. He's got a hot fucking smoking hot wife, got a ton of money, it's tempting not to like the guy, 
rewarded to scrutinize. But vilifying people who are successful is not helpful. It's it's not helping you, that's for damn sure. So look at somebody like that and try to figure out how they work and make yourself more successful as a result of watching them. It's like art, man. Takes take a play at his book. If nothing less than just observing his that that snippet, that that snapshot of him and Drew Brees hugging it out on the football field. Tom threw a touchdown pass to Drew's boys. Who knows what went on in the field? They, they might have beat the shit out of each other or keyed each other's cars in the parking lot. So I'm just making this up a little bit, but I'm saying that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. You imagine all that we would get done if we denied the negative and just tried to find the beauty in life. Let's try that tomorrow. How about tonight? Rather than turning yourself to angry news and things in the world that you can't control, turn your attention to something beautiful. Watch a video that educates you on something. Watch a podcast that's inspirational. Check on a friend. Plan for tomorrow with a victory in mind. Win not just for yourself, not victory victory over other people. Victory over your predicament. Any situations that might arise that try to steal your thunder. Give it a shot. See if you can, as an adult, you know, read the plays on the shit that could go wrong tomorrow and how you could look at it differently. I'm going to leave you guys with a quote. Let me dig it out. It's a good one too. See if I can find that bitch.
Okay, here we go. Remember, no one makes you angry. You decided to use anger as a response. <laughs> How about that? That's fucking great, man. I love that. No one makes you angry. You decided to use anger as a response. I mean, it, it, it doesn't feel like it's a decision a lot of the times, right? It feels quite like um, like it's an impulse, like it's a response rather than a deliberate um, decision. But no one makes you angry. You decided to use anger as a response. I think in a lot of cases that's true. This is a behavior, a pattern that we we assume, and it feels like it's the right thing in the moment, but it's true. He who angers you controls you, right? I love that quote. All right. Smiles on faces and fire under the asses of the masses. Huh!